0: Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast, and I am excited about today's episode, episode number 58. Today, you are going to learn about the electric industry, and you're going to learn about the infrastructure and how it is evolving and how technology is empowering us to do more with electrical, and I have an expert here who's going to talk about it. My guest today is a master electrician from Print. Georges County, Maryland. She graduated as a licensed journeyman in 2010, IBW, Local 26. She currently works as an electrician for the local transit agency. That means she works on those trains that you're traveling on to make sure they're functioning correctly. Very important job. She is also the CEO of a startup that focuses on the next generation of electric installations, microgrids, and electric vehicle infrastructure. Please welcome Angel Savoy to the Skill Stadium podcast. Angel, how are you doing today?
1: I am good. That was such a good intro. I love that.
0: Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, I I had to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I have a VIP guest here and I want to make sure I do justice to you. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you know, it's one of the things I really, really appreciate with LinkedIn is just the relationships that that. You've been able to build, you know, I've followed you on LinkedIn, love the work you're doing. I see that you're active there. And I think it's so important for people to to have that online presence. And And I think for you as a business person, I think, you know, with a startup, I'm sure you can agree with that. I'm sure you're seeing the importance of that.
1: Yeah, actually, I see being online is important. I would never say that it replaces the in-person or the personal, the phone calls and stuff. There's still a part of marketing that is done in person where you're making those, you know, you're having those meetings and stuff. I know due to the virus, it it hasn't, it's kind of cut down on it. But getting those introductions, you know, I do love the fact that LinkedIn, I can go to pretty much anyone and say, hey, you know, you're working on the same stuff I'm working on, let's let's collaborate. And that kind of cuts down a lot of walls, whereas before when you didn't have the social media, it's like you kind of had to know, okay, who is working at this university, and mm-hmm. you know, you had to make a lot of phone calls in order to get to um, get to the actual research information. So uh, I do like the LinkedIn for that.
0: I agree, a hundred percent. I also think that you and I came up at a time where there wasn't social media. I'm yes. sure when you just mm-hmm. get got started, so you had to have those old school skills if we could call it that which is to shake hands meet people mm-hmm. i just find linkedin accelerates that you know it it, it, it does quicker access
1: yeah my experience has been um when i'm before making that personal connection and stuff with people, it usually had started with a LinkedIn connection first, and then you go from there. I remember the days of, oh, decades ago, where, you know, you did your research and you read the business journals, yes, trying yes. to find contacts and, you know, who's doing what and stuff, and then researching and, and then um, hunting them down. So, the, yeah, definitely a lot easier with <laughs> LinkedIn.
0: Definitely. So when you were growing up, what did you want to become?
1: I always wanted to own a business. Oh, good. Yeah. So uh, I grew up uh, in DMV area and stuff. And uh, my mom, she was a travel agent. She worked for Verizon. My dad was a carpet cleaner and security guard later on in life. And so I kind of, and then I had family members that were, you know, owned businesses and stuff. So I kind of, yeah. And I was around a lot of people who owned businesses. So I said, you know what? I want to own a business. <laughs> and um, I wanted to do entertainment and, you know, be in entertainment industry and stuff. So that's why I ended up going to the Suitland for um, visual and performing arts program, majored in television production and stuff. And uh, that was kind of the goal. But then I, I did like being a lighting director. When I first got into, and so that was like my first introduction to like electrical was, oh wow, the studio lights—they they they fascinated me, and so that's kind of where it came from there, like you know, wanting to. And I owned a business in my in my twenties, bad industry, didn't like it, Uh, but now you know, starting up again, and decided I wanted to go into the full electrical
0: business. I you know what I think it's so important to be able to transform because we're going to do more than one career in our lives Mm -hmm. and the ability to pivot because you know, industries and markets you've worked long enough to see industries (laughs) and markets change. You were, I'm sure like me, you were around During the last recession of two thousand eight, you saw. Oh yes, Uh you know we
1: were all victims because we were coming out. We were coming out of our time, and it was a bunch of us ended up. That's how I ended up at the transit agency. Uh, Mm A bunch of us came out of our time, and then within like a matter of months, we're sitting on the bench waiting for a job, and it takes like we were on. Some some of the job calls were like an, a year out, oh, a year, wow. year and a half out. And it just happened the transit agency was hiring. And a bunch of us were like, you know what?
0: All <laughs> you know? um, the we jobs.
1: Were. Yeah. So I said, it happens. You never know where the next, you know, where competition comes in and stuff. And you're just, you're, you have this awesome job one day and the next day it's gone.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know? I will say one thing. I think that as an electrician, you're fairly safe. safe. I'm not going to say anything's guaranteed. I would say that the pandemic taught us, and go with me, Think go with me on this one. The mm-hmm. pandemic has taught us that there's some jobs that are essential that.
1: I love that term. Mike Rowe, uh, there was the interview that he did um, on uh, YouTube and stuff. And he said, you know, there's this new term, you know, essential. And <laughs> prior to that, you know, when most people think about electricians. They was like, oh, you know, let's just go get any electrician. An electrician will do. And yeah, I kind of, I like that term essential. Um, and that's what got me into the, the microgrid that it's it's the on-site power generation because you know power goes out a lot of stuff is lost you know and it's just so much is dependent um you know especially with the pandemic it was the homeschooling you know Mm -hmm. you you, if you're at home and the internet goes out you know no big deal you're at home homeschooling the kids are on the computer you know six to seven hours a day and the internet goes out power goes out what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> oh, that yeah. is, that's a that's a different um scenario to be in. And so you have to, you know, we as electricians come in and stuff and, and provide that power, you know, mm-hmm. residential, commercial, industrial.
0: Definitely. So talk to us about, let's go a little deeper into that. So you shared that you have a startup, it's called Titan Power. It's focused on a niche, which is microgrid. Can you explain, you know, how the microgrids work? Because there are people who might not understand you know, what you just shared with me in terms of the infrastructure. Can you talk to us about the microgrids and the important benefits of them?
1: Um, yeah, so a microgrid, in essence, is uh, the exact opposite of the current utility grid. So here in Maryland, we have Pepco, uh, bg and and Dominion Power. Those are the big utility companies. And instead of having a big old power plant that's, you know, miles away, delivering power to you, you actually have some type of onsite power generation that's really local. Like it might be your neighborhood is actually providing the power to you, or it might be a local, um, another local provider, like a community solar farm. So, um, but the whole point is that it's close enough to you. So if, if a uh, storm hits or the, the local utility knocks out, you have reliable power because it's right there. You don't have to have go because Hurricane Sandy taught us that Oh yes, <laughs> D- diesel generation. <laughs> <laughs> are only so good as long as you can cross the bridge to go get the the extra fuel. So these are sources that, you know, the power is actually generated on site. So you have like solar, wind, Um, in some cases it might be natural gas or fuel cells and stuff. But the whole point is to make it where the end user actually has power generated on site and they have control of that power.
0: Oh, nice. Is it more expensive to get this set up or is it is it more cost Absolutely. Effective? <laughs> okay.
1: um and it's because it's brand new technology so sure. you're still there's a lot of players in the market um trying to figure out who to go with you know um the standards haven't been set so most people uh are familiar with their home uh, 120 volt ac power comes into your home home that's a plug but your dc uh your cell phone is actually dc runs off of a uh, um Uh, five volts or 10 volts or something and dc and you have to have adapters uh -hmm. to to do that but when you're talking about bringing power on site what type of power are we putting in are we going to put in ac because that's what we currently have or are we going to put in dc because that's what our electronics use Mm -hmm. um so it's about getting that efficiency there as well but at the same but it does say it's a lot of legwork and it's expensive right now um but, you know, give it 20, 30 years. <laughs> it's okay. just like, it's no. like, well, first off, uh, I'm a super geek when it comes to technology. I go to CES show now. I've been like a few times now, um, to see the latest technologies and something has, so CES is a consumer electronics show. Um, yes. everybody sees in January come out with the latest TVs and cell phones Brilliant. and stuff. That well, with that. yeah. So. The very first, you know, VCRs, if you can remember, or the very first DVDs and stuff, then things were like over $1,000 and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so over time, things get, you know, cheaper and stuff as more, more and more people enter the market, more and more people buy things and stuff. And microgrids are in that same product life cycle, going to do the same thing. So
0: Okay. And they're also more efficient, like you said, there's the convenience of having that on site.
1: Yes, it's the convenience and actually the customization. So right now, you know, utility company, you know, when they send you power, that's the same exact power they're sending to literally everybody else in your neighborhood. So So, Yeah, so it's it's a regional monopoly. Um so you don't get, you know, customization where, you know, something as simple as, you know, I want more DC in my house because I've decided I'm going with all DC electronics and appliances. You can't get that that level of it. And when you talk about commercial environments um, like medical facilities and stuff where they have medical equipment that's really sensitive or laboratories that have sensitive equipment, having really clean, reliable power coming to them. You know, versus just the, the overall power that's generated at the at the plants. That mm-hmm. makes a huge difference in and their efficiency levels and their and their power that they're using and you know better for the, the equipment that they have.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So can you tell us like I know that you know this this is gonna require special skill sets from electricians. What skill sets are going to be required for people to work on this new technology. Who who can do a good job doing this? What is required?
1: My personal uh, vision is: I really think this is for the electricians who are like, "What's next?" This is not entry level. <laughs> um, you okay. really have to come. You really have to come with a, a a base knowledge of electricity because the next step is you you've got you know we're technically inside wiremen. We deal with all the electricity that goes into the building and stuff. And when you talk about microgrids, now you're talking about, okay, you're not only dealing with stuff inside the building, but now stuff that's on the outside of the building that's powering it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's taking on that kind of micro utility, uh, the microgrid owner uh, utility mindset. And so what I tell my students a lot of times, I said, the future's in motors and motor controls. Mm -hmm. If you know how to, you know, you know how to, Read schematics and diagrams and you know how to troubleshoot a motor. You know how to control the motors. Easy transition <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. everything's in there, even though, you know, you hear terms, you know, well, they're adding AI, they're adding this software. Um, there's all these, these functions in the end. It's, you know, what's turning this on? What's turning this off? You know, what, mm-hmm. what has to happen? What, you know, what's the, where's the safety protections involved? So it is more the, the, A licensed journeyman, I would say, up to the master that level. When we talk about who would actually be doing the installs and stuff, excellent. And who who would be. I think would be interested in it. Um you might have some apprentices uh who might come in and and if they've heard of it <laughs> they might be like this is the way to go. And and I would just say if if that's the path you know just keep on there's tons of research there's tons of of, of stuff coming out on the microgrids and the electric vehicle infrastructure which is kind of their they kind of electric vehicle infrastructure is 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 kind of playing a role in the microgrids and and um and the development as well. So
0: Yeah. I also think people are analytical and who, like you said, like technology, like to know, you know, what the latest and the greatest is. They they want to challenge themselves. They're not the person who wants to sit and do the same thing forever.
1: Right, and that, and and um, just like there's when we talk about electricians, there's usually it's another electrician kind of said it. There's kind of two sets of of electricians. There's the ones who want to. I'll say it's about tradesmen in general, tra- tradespeople in general. Sure. Um, there are those who you know they want to go to a job and they want to know exactly what's going on day in and day out, and they're perfectly fine with it. You know, that's your new construction. That's your give me a project for two years, and then when I'm done with it, I go and do another exact same thing
0: yes yes
1: um that's you know one one type of a of, of tradesperson. the other type is the one who's like you know what i don't want the same thing every day you know give me a problem to solve find something challenging those are your troubleshooters your ones who mm-hmm. are doing the service jobs and stuff um or the ones who are creating stuff <laughs> yes. um yes. but they're not there to to them being on a job site you know for two years and just kind of doing the same thing day in and day out is not for them yeah. and it's just it, it is really a personal preference and and so, you know, so I knew for me, I'm not into new construction. Find me the 1880s old house in Baltimore that, we're yep. you know, we're trying to put a microgrid on and nobody's really done it before. Okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and find, and like I said, finding other people who want that challenge to do that. That's, that to me is the fun part about being an electrician. Cause in the end, it's like we turn things on and everything comes on. It's like awesome. So.
0: Definitely. So, you know, I know you're active in recruiting women in your profession. Yes. What are the challenges and what's working for you?
1: Um, The challenges are just some of the ones that like on your podcast, people have mentioned it's the stereotypes. It's getting both men and women to understand that this is a viable job opportunity for all genders (laughs) to come in and play. Um... And so it's really getting out there and promoting it. Like, you know, you contact me. I'm Most people don't realize I'm actually a, a, a serious introvert. I could stay hours in a library wow. and just be by myself. But because there are so many, I have other apprentices, you know, in my local and other women who are like, wow, you're a master electrician. You should get out and talk. The biggest thing I can do is actually to say, hey, look, I'm a master and, you know, this is who I am. And to kind of get out and promote that saying, if I can do it, you can do it. Because when I started in the trade, I didn't, I couldn't tell you anything about tools. I think I knew what a hammer was, uh, and maybe, a wrench. That was about it. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So an apprenticeship, you know, that's the true meaning of an apprenticeship is they teach you from the ground up. You don't have to come in with a skill set. They're going to teach you the skill. The best thing you you, you can have for yourself is a work ethic. A really good yeah. work ethic and be ready to learn and and, and be humble and stuff. So I work through an organization, the Coalition of Labor Union Women, and my local chapter here at Chesapeake Bay, and trying to promote women and getting women into the trades and stuff. And then also, you know, going to the high schools like a lot of your other um, trades people do. They go and, you know, just talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then also, no, recruit, yeah, and also recruiting, you know, those who are thinking about transitioning <laughs> into different yep. careers um, and try. And my big thing, too, is also keeping older folks in in, in the trades, too.
0: Mm-hmm. And something you mentioned, too, is that you've had a lot of luck getting nurses, which really surprised me. I never <laughs> would have thought that. In our yeah, first conversation, you said that.
1: Yeah, for some reason, um, one of my good friends, she was a nurse for the longest time. Um, you know, went to school for nursing and stuff, and then you know, she came and became an electrician. But over the years, just, just, and it, it's been my personal experience. You know, I've met a lot of uh, female electricians who were nurses or um per- personal assistants, health, home health aides, and stuff. And they all, you know, they just kind of gravitated to being an electrician. And I don't know what what the correlation it's, is or what. I just noticed.
0: Different. Profession, so
1: it is. Um, but it is almost it almost you know an RN and what an electrician makes now are pretty much equal. So, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, I think an RN has a lot more responsibility.
0: Sure, um, a lot of paying attention to detail for nurses because nurses, you give the wrong medication, you you kill somebody.
1: Right, and that's then maybe that's serious. what because being an electrician, you know, if
0: you do the wrong, you do
1: the wrong, you do the wrong <laughs> thing, you blow up stuff, yeah. we,
0: exactly. we fires.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> So yes, so so when I hear of a young woman or uh, someone wanting to be a nurse, you know, I immediately say, "Well, you might want to consider being an electrician," (laughs) even though they're not related. (laughs) But I still state to them, "Like, yeah, I I don't know why it is, but um, I've seen it enough to say there's something there."
0: Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Very interesting. What advice would you share for experienced experienced professionals? who have concerns about making a career change into your field, especially people who are older and have been doing the same work for a long time. How do you, how do you help them to make that transition, make them at least feel more comfortable with it?
1: The first thing I would say is, you know, uh, cause I started to trade, I started uh, my apprenticeship when I was 30 and when I was there, I was not the oldest. There was oh, a wow. gentleman who was 52. Wow. He was a, I think I was a first year apprentice. He was a second what year he apprentice.
0: Been doing, what would he, what was he doing before? I don't I, know. I don't know. I
1: don't know. <laughs>
0: but, I've met an, but I've met That's enough true. people
1: over the years where they're, you know, um, transitioning out of, you know, they're tired of being in the office. You know, they want yeah. something, they want to work with their hands and things. And usually, and so like the best advice I say is realize that. As a a seasoned professional, you have a skill set already of of certain, you know, worth ethic, your work ethic, your skills that are coming in that are really helpful to companies. So you're coming Mm -hmm. in, you're learning to be an electrician. But, you know, I always say like, you know, if you had done customer service before or if you were in office management and stuff, those are skills that companies look for as well. So, you know, so as you come in, think about what do you want to do when you get out of the apprenticeship?
0: Yes. And that
1: usually for older professionals, they're like, okay. I'm not going to be digging this trench all the time, but I do see. <laughs> I like what this project manager is doing, and I was a project manager, you know, doing this. So you know, yes. it's just more learning the actual industry and 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 how that is. But your skill set transfers over, so it's That's still true. a business. Um, yes. And I mean, and with that, I, the other thing too is enjoy yourself and have fun. Mm.
0: So because I
1: when I was in the apprenticeship versus prior to that, I, I was a financial analyst, And so I was working in downtown, you know, a lot of times you take work home and mm-hmm. as being an apprentice, you can't take that work home. I mean, you no. study, but you know, and so allowing some time, you know, just to, you know, enjoy the eight hours on the job and then go home or, you know, and do something else. <laughs> it, yeah. it really is an interesting experience to do. Like for me, I had young kids at the time. So like when I was done, I would go, um, you know, to their soccer games. And I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about work. You know, I'm not worried about, you know, if I have a report or something to do, I'm just like, I'm just enjoying the game. (laughs) Yes. So. No, that's
0: a big deal. A lot of people take their work home with them. Right. So.
1: And trade, you kind of can't, you know, even when it comes to service work and stuff, it's like you, you're on a job, you're troubleshooting, you're physically there. And then when you leave, I mean, you're done, you can't really do anything, but you might, you know, think about how to fix it.
0: Yeah. I think more of a mental preparation of like, how can I get better? How can I do things better? But. Mm-hmm. not really doing any other work right. once you've left the site. There's, yeah. there's nothing you can do. You're not there.
1: Yeah. I used to say, so, I, and I tell a lot of women the other thing is, it, to me, it's a family-friendly job because most of the jobs are Monday through Friday, eight yeah. hours. There's no weekend work unless it's overtime, which is good yeah. money there. <laughs>
0: there you go. There you go. And, and that's a choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? So, you know, you can't beat that. So, you know, there's a skills gap. How can we connect with teachers? And I think you're sort of doing this teachers, principals, students, and parents especially to guide students into the skill trades. Because I know that you're already active in the schools. How do we start influencing those stakeholders to get more people in the skill trades?
1: Just be available and be present. Um, so I and actually it's funny I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I've gotten a lot of requests from professionals who will contact me and say, Hey, my son, my daughter is thinking about being an electrician. My son or daughter is planning on going into the apprenticeship. Do you mind talking to them? Absolutely. Have them call me. I will answer any questions they have. I direct them to um, different sources and things like, yeah, I want you to come in because I, you know, it's a viable career and this is (laughs) a, a good, um, a good career job, a good job. So I spend a lot of time, you know, just talking to to students and, and um, who's ever interested. Uh, the other thing I do is I have a big family. And so I've got two helpers for the summer. And, you know, one, uh, two of my cousins, female, and male, and they're going to be learning about electricity and stuff. At my house, you know, because... There's all kinds of, we got lots of electrical projects at the house that need right. to be done. And since I'm in new technology, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get this demonstration <laughs> kit and this one. So installing that, but, but just showing them, they may never go into the electrical trade, but mm-hmm. they might know someone who may be considering it. I say, Hey, sure. you know, my, my cousin does this, you know, she's really good, you know, so that's kind of, you know, that getting that word of mouth to say, okay, uh, letting people know that, you know, I exist. (laughs) And and here's, and here's a way you can be an electrician too. So.
0: Yes. I love the fact that you're just willing to talk to people because we need more people like that Mm -hmm. who are willing to to give back. I call it give back and pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, that's the only way these young people are going to learn. Right. it's the only way. And, and all of us, you know, another thing too, all of us had somebody help us at some point in our lives. So.
1: Oh, absolutely. If it wasn't for the, like, I went through the apprenticeship, like I said, I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. And mm-hmm. um, so when I went on a job sites, you know, I kind of gravitated to the older men. Sure. I, I'm female. I don't know the difference between old men, young men. There's something there that young men don't want to work with the old men. Sure. I didn't have this issue. And as I talked to other females, they don't have that issue either. Yeah. What we did learn is that the older gentlemen, their physical stamina is not there. You know, they've, they've sure. spent 20, 30 years in the trade. Um, their bodies aren't there, but man, they can still outwork them young guys and yep. the way that they set their work and stuff. So, you know, being humble and just watching what they did. I mean, it takes it to a whole nother level of like how we learn how to, how to get there. Cause I'm never going to be as fast as a, you know, sure. some of the guys are, but I can get the job done efficiently and safely. And sure. so I was like looking at these older guys and stuff and, and them taking the time, like, cause I come with a lot of questions, like, you know, how do you do this and what's this and that. And the fact that most of them actually worked on. They were they worked on the original buildings, and now they're back redoing the buildings. <laughs> you learn, yep, you know, yep. you get to see all these hidden parts of it, and, and just all these really cool explanations and stuff. and And they take the time to actually explain things to you. I just thought it was fascinating. So, so that's where I learned the, a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you think the older guys are just they just they understand more tricks of the trades? They're just more efficient, like. Yes. What makes them? They just know they they know how to work smarter, I guess, right? Yeah, they
1: work smarter, and they they uh, unfortunately they have ta- their bodies have taken the toll. Sure. So whether they did it, you know, um intentionally or whether their body said, "Look, I'm done with this. You need to figure out another way <laughs> to get the job done." Sure. Yeah. It benefits us because you know they're they're saying, "Hey, look, you know, set up your work. This is the way you you keep your body, you know, safe and." And keeping that, you know, and maintaining and still getting the work done.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you about social media. You know, we didn't grow up on it. I didn't grow up on it. How, how do you think that's affected your career? And I, I'm, do you have a favorite platform? I know you're on LinkedIn, but do you have a favorite platform?
1: I'm not on a whole lot of, of platforms um, because like, so when I was in um, television production, you know, it's all about advertising and ads. So it's like, you know, and one of the crucial things when you talk about marketing is like, where can you make the most difference? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're spread across 10 or 15 platforms it's kind of hard to make a difference and to really be uh, um, a player. The same thing applies like before the LinkedIn platforms and the social media platforms, it was how many nonprofits or community organizations can I be involved in? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and you're, you're running around from meeting to meeting and meeting and You're actually not making a difference in any of these organizations. So LinkedIn and so your social media platforms are kind of the same thing where, you know, I always tell business owners, you know, say, they, Two, two or three that you are like really gonna monitor on a daily or or regular basis and make that it. Everything else, don't worry about it, you know. And no, but okay. of course, you know, I got there's plenty of, of business owners I know who are on every single platform imaginable. You know, for me, it's it's three. Uh, it's I'm, I'm on YouTube. You know, I I like you know watching a lot of YouTube and stuff and connecting, and then uh, LinkedIn, and then also a third one which is kind of out of the blue but interesting is Discord. The oh, Discord, Yeah, so <laughs> Discord um, channel, it was actually started, the channel that I'm on is Electrician, um, it's from Electrician University, and it's a bunch of electricians, you know, I'm, I help moderate the, the discussions and stuff. That is really an interesting um, platform. It's, it was started, it was mainly for gamers, you know, gamers okay. come on, they, they want to play games, they want to talk to each other while they're yes, playing games yes. and stuff um that. and but the the channels that you can have and the things that you can do with the discord is really like almost real time and i say like supercharged chat <laughs> sure. um, and you feel like you're you have a community of of fellow like in my case fellow electricians and we're talking and stuff so those are the three that i like to be on um other ones, I'm, not so much. I am on Facebook with a lot of female chat uh, tradeswomen uh, groups and, uh, and electricians and stuff, but um, mainly the LinkedIn, the YouTube and the discord.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find myself trying to narrow down. I'm on all the social media platforms, <laughs> but you're right. I, I find myself you're spread so thin. It takes so much time. And so I do find myself now trying to narrow things down and focus in on, like you said, two or three, you know, so that, Make, makes perfect sense. You know, in our conversation, you shared people who are leaders in your industry, YouTube channels. Can you please share some resources that you would recommend for people considering being an electrician? Because you're, you're very knowledgeable. It's one of the reasons why we're having this conversation. And I would love you to share resources that people could use.
1: Yeah, I had to really think hard because I'm like, I am... I follow so many channels. Um, but in the end, like who do I watch like consistently on YouTube? Um, well, of course I'll give a shout out to Dustin with electrician university. Um, his, his site's really good, especially for people who are thinking about getting into trade or their apprentices. It's definitely a good starting point. Um, the other one is Master the NEC which is with Paul when you are now about to come out of your time and you really want to learn the code um or you're uh, a licensed electrician and you're trying to get better to learn you know learn the code Paul hands down master the NEC and then I would recommend for those who want to know the technology or what's behind some of the technology he's not a um electrician but he has a wonderful um channel it's big bad tech and he talks about when I say motor controls, learn about controls and, and, and motors and stuff. His videos, he was funded by the National Science Foundation, are really educational. Um, And, and I, I've, and, and I actually use some of them when I teach uh, his videos. And then because I like to, you know, see, okay, a new technology came out and, you know, is it really what it says it's supposed to be? What are the calculations behind it? I usually watch this. He's an Australian engineer, uh, EEV blog. And usually he will dissect literally, you know, if it's an inverter or um, a new technology, a power onsite generation power system and stuff, he's pretty good at that. So, and he goes excellent. into the electronics of things too, because I, I like electronics.
0: Excellent, excellent. We'll make sure to put those those recommendations in the notes for the podcast. Final question, please share one lesson you've learned Entering this profession that you think can that you think can help someone who's just entering the profession. One lesson that you have learned is very important.
1: Well, we already talked about it. It's being humble. It's really when you go into on a job site and stuff, do not consider yourself. And I say this for the experienced professionals as well, because we come in and, you know, you might be being trained by a 22 year old. Is to really understand that, be humble, learn things and stuff. And there's a saying in the electrical trade, uh, there's nothing smarter. There's no one smarter than a fifth year apprentice. And there's no one dumber than a first year uh, electrician. And they're the same thing. Fifth year, <laughs> fifth year, <apprentice> graduates, <laughs> you know, one day, the next day he's a first year journeyman. And so to keep that in, in mind, you know, you yes, you get to a point and you're at the top of your game, but now you're, you're transitioning into another phase. So being humble and just, you know, ask questions. You know, there's no, the only stupid question, like most people say is the one you didn't ask. So, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Well, Angel, Thank you so much for being on the Skill Stadium podcast. It's been a pleasure. Please stay in touch and uh, you have yourself a wonderful day.
1: All right, thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.